Welcome to Map It Marketing for small business owners who want to become more confident and capable in their marketing. I'm Rachel Claver, and I'm a small business owner just like you. I've learned that there are so many different things that we are supposed to do all the time. And trying to work it all out is quite frankly often very confusing. In this podcast, we're going to explore what those things are and whether you need to pay attention to them. Ready? Let's get started. If you've ever hung around business Facebook groups before, you will have seen a post a little bit like this. Help me work out what's going wrong with my website. I've set up an e-commerce website. I've put my pictures up and no one is buying from me. I've spent ages on this. I've probably spent all my money. Help me, please. That's where this episode's going to come in really handy for those people and anyone else out there, if that's you, who has an e-commerce store and wants to see more conversions, more sales coming from your website. I'm joined today by Tracy Smith. Tracy is one of our dear team members at Identify and she leads up our Australian division. She also happens to be a great friend and someone that I completely trust when it comes to e-commerce advice. Tracy is obsessed with helping small business owners get better at their marketing, especially around that e-commerce side, and is a wealth of information that she uses in her own side hustle with her own e-commerce business. I'm so excited to have this session with her. My biggest concern is how are we going to squeeze out all the information in such a short time? I promise you, though, we're going to do our best. So join in, enjoy listening, and get ready to take quite a few notes because She's going to have the goodies. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate each and every one of you and appreciate the time that it takes for you to also come back to me and say that you're enjoying the show. Honestly, I read every one of those reviews and I save them in a special place for my dark moments to make me feel better. Um, I'm super excited to welcome Tracy Smith today. Tracy, as I mentioned in the intro, is one of our integral parts of our team. Um, when I was practicing doing the intros, I accidentally called her my special friend and then realized that sounded really creepy and weird. So we've cleared that up, made sure that we're not going to call her my special friend anymore. Both of our husbands probably wouldn't be that impressed. Um, and I'm just going to throw it over to her soon. Thank you so much, first, Tracy, for coming today. I mean, I know that we worked together, so maybe you felt you had to. Um, <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to talking today about how to make e-commerce sites really sing and improve their, their conversion rates. So do you want to tell everyone a little bit about you and why you're a good person to talk to about this today? Okay, so I suppose I've been... I've been in business now for probably, I was trying to work it out the other day, but um, just over 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I have been in business with my husband. I've been in business for myself, but I've always had a huge focus on marketing. It's always been like the big area for me that really grabs my interest. Um, bookkeeping, yeah, not so much. I like to outsource that, but the marketing aspect. Um, so when I'm talking to people about marketing, I've actually lived a life, you know, I've had those sleepless nights thinking, oh my goodness, that job just cancelled or, um, you know, and those super highs where you go, wow, I've just had, I've doubled my previous best month. This is amazing. Everything's working. So I understand, um, I suppose, firsthand the journey as a small business owner, as much as someone who can then teach people about marketing as well. And I think both of us, you know, we talk and identify about how we say that we want people to become more confident and capable. That's something that you're really passionate about. And when it comes to e-commerce, you've got a particular interest in this, haven't you? That's a little bit slightly off um, working just with us, right? Yeah. So I also have my own e-commerce business that I love to pieces. And it's kind of like a win-win because I get to have that Thing that I've always wanted to do, you know, but I also, it's a testing ground. So when I go back to my clients, I'm not just going to say, hey, I've read that this is really, really good for you to use. And, you know, I've seen a, uh, a video and a webinar about it or whatever. I then take it and I, I test it myself. Mm. And then I can say, actually, that didn't really work. 
And the, the thing about that is a lot of what we get is so, and it's not a bad thing, but it's so Americanized. And the Australian and New Zealand markets are very, very different. They react differently. They have different values and cultures around small business. So um, sometimes we need to tweak what we're, what we're hearing about, you know, from overseas. And I get to do that with yeah. my e business. I think that's really important. Like we've obviously for this podcast, we have our listeners because I can see where they're downloading and that and people are seeing it and listening to it from all over the world. And quite often for those of us that are uh, those of you listening in America, like sorry about this, but we do have a very Americanized view of marketing and each culture has its slightly different nuances and different mm. ways of behaving. That means that sometimes that advice doesn't fit. Yes. The culture and in the places that we're primarily working, which is New Zealand and Australia. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, Australians and New Zealanders, we are um, very different to the rest of the world in terms of our outlook at life. So I think we have to approach our marketing the same way. Yeah, I think that's probably very accurate. And we've actually got a podcast plan for that on the year about that topic because <laughs> we're both passionate about it. We're yeah. actually going to do a war, aren't we? Like how Australian <laughs> New Zealanders like sell and buy better differently. <laughs> It's going to be quite an interesting one. So, you know, holding up for that. So we've got a whole list of stuff. And I said in the intro, our biggest problem today is going to try and stick to the time because we've got lots of stuff we can talk about. We made a bit of a list before uh, we jumped on today of all the different things. But the one we wanted to start with first, and I'm going to get Tracy to talk about this, um, was something that people most often forget or don't do well on their e-commerce sites. In fact, I'm working with a business at the moment who's got retail stores and an e-commerce site. And this is one of the things that I pinpointed and said, you are missing this. And this is something that I always look for the minute I go to a website. And if you don't have it, I don't buy from you. What is it, Tracy? The About Us page. And why is it so important? Well, here's the thing is that the About Us page is surprisingly for most people, the most visited page for a cold audience. So if they've not heard of you before and they're like, oh, wow, this this has come up on number one in Google or someone's told me to have a look, no one's going to buy from you if they don't trust you. And the first place they go to develop some trust is the About Us page. And I think too, like with that, like I'm, I'm thinking about the fact that I love buying from people like you, you know, like when we talk about your business, I want to see people who are not a big corporate. Corporates know this. Like I'm always devastated when I go, oh, those look like cool, cool new potato chips at the supermarket. And you're like, wow, they're like from a really amazing like um, artisan chip maker. And you're like, wow, I'm going to buy these. And then you read down the bottom and then you can see the address and you realize it's in New Zealand, it's like the bluebird address. I think it's Wurri, Road or something. And I'm like, damn it. They're tricking me. They're pretending they're an artisan because we want to buy from artisans. We want to buy from small businesses. We want to have that yep. human feeling. And because of social media, we've missed it. So that about us page is us doing that, right? That's us. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other thing, you know, like with it, I literally, this happened to me yesterday and I'm not even joking. I went to go and buy something. I went on this website and the about us page there was the name of the person wasn't there. There was no photos. There yeah. was no story. And, you know, you can get away without the name and maybe a photo, but you've got to have the story then really strong to back it up to say, I am a small business. And I, and I noticed that in my e-commerce business is that, you know, being new to the market in some respects, mm. um, people are getting to know me and I have a huge value on customer service. It's just something I started my life in business in retail and I see the value, but the amazing thing is, because I also like my Google Analytics, I watch which pages people go to. And that About Us page is up there every time. So if I'm not grabbing them at that point, bounce, they're off. And it's the same with service-based businesses. It's one of the things I say to people, like with mm -hmm. our business, like our, our team page, mm -hmm. we only have like four pages on our website on, on both Identify Australia and New Zealand um, besides the blog page. But both of them, the our team page gets hit and it's the one that people spend the most time on. Mm -hmm. um, it's obviously because our photos are so amazing, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> scroll up and down and 
it is because we're seeking that connection. Now, we're yeah. not talking marketing automation today. We'll talk about that another day. But I do want to just lift something up from there because you shared in our Facebook group, Map It Marketing as well, um, which, by the way, anyone can come and join that. And if you want to have a bit more of us and learning from us, you can come into that group and ask questions So on Facebook. But you were in um, the Map It Marketing group and you talked about how you have a welcome sequence to add to that About Us page so that if anyone signs up, which we'll talk about in a minute, that sign-up thing, mm-hmm. signs up to your email, they get a welcome sequence. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. what's the results that people, what you're getting from that? Do you get sales from that? I get 46% of my sales come from, number one, from my email marketing, and number two, 33% of my total sales happen at some point in I have I think three emails at the moment that are in that welcome sequence they happen from one of those emails that's incredible yeah I feel like going the incredible thing I'm showing my age now (laughs) (laughs) every time I say that's incredible I hear that tune in my head (laughs) but I think like that to me is is such the power of the about us, right? (laughs) Whether it's in your order in your in your welcome but definitely on your website having that there it is such a simple thing to add, to add value and trust. Yep. And it is all about building trust, isn't it? Like all the things that we're talking about today are all things that pe- make people feel safe because we're giving mm-hmm. you the trust that the product's going to be good, that it's going to be delivered, that you're not taking our money and running away over to China or, or Russia or, I don't know, yeah. we can't go anywhere in New Zealand, uh, Rarotonga, I think, or maybe yeah. Sydney. <laughs> um, so, like, you know, that's what we want to make sure that we're not, doing when we want to make sure we're trusting it so so definitely that about us page so let's talk about other things that make that trust kind of happen um what about things like user experience in general like what would you say would be some key things to make it easier for people to buy from us so I suppose at the end of the day, they need to be able to contact you when they want to contact you. And so if they, if you don't, I have a sign up um, thing on the bottom of every single page of my of my website. So it doesn't matter if it's an about us. It doesn't matter if it's the front page. Wherever they go, at any mm. point, they can contact me. I also have the little chat now, and you know. You can get that through so many avenues Mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean that they can reply, you know, that I'm going to reply instantly. And I happen to get a lot of messages at 10, 11 o'clock at night. Um, I'm tempted sometimes to reply if I see it, but I try not to. Um, But you know what? I have a message that says I'm currently not here, but I value your message and I'm going to get back to you straight away. So that message, are you personally using Facebook chat for that one? I'm using Zoho. Ah, uh, because you, of course, you are. We yeah. use Zoho because we're Zoho partners. So that makes sense. We also use Zoho on ours. But for people that don't have Zoho, I no- normally do recommend just to use the Facebook Messenger chat yeah. um, simply because you already have a Facebook page and yeah. they go straight to your chat. I have seen that if people don't put their details in, sometimes you get like a random Messenger thing and you can't go back to it, which is a bit annoying. Uh, yeah. Whereas Zoho does manage to strip that pretty well and get that information out of them. But, but chat is surprisingly for me is one of those things that I personally was like, who would use it? But people use chat all the time and it's a great converting tool. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've actually got, um, and this was actually through Facebook Messenger chat. So this was the one that pops up on your Facebook page. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually converted someone who was simply making an inquiry, nothing more than that. Um, And just by being available and helping them, it wasn't immediate, but they ended up turning into a $350 sale. That's pretty good. Yeah, yep. And so that's literally user experience. She was able to ask the questions she had and get an answer. And it wasn't immediate. It was over a space of about three days of backwards and forwards, but it was well worth it. Now, while we're talking about that, um, I've, I'm a majorly in a, a bit of a like an obsessive thing at the moment about frequently asked questions pages, FAQ pages. Do you have one of those on your website? I don't. <gasps> But the, here's a disclaimer. I do have a page that has all that information. Yes, that's right. You do. You have all this stuff on there. Yeah. That is something that you can do around things like shipping and stuff, yeah. isn't it? It's okay. Well, I, have, I have that on a different page. And what I'm actually, that is my next thing to do on the website is to pull that, those 
super relevant questions that people are asking onto one single page rather than they have to search for it. Now, I'm really pleased that we've admitted, like we have the same. I, I often when I'm doing a strategy with a client and I'm going through stuff, I go, look, I'm sorry, I just have to hang on. And I've got this book now, which is called Rachel's Guilt Book. And I write down the stuff that I have been telling clients <laughs> and I go, finally, this is the day I've got to do this. I'm acting all holier than thou with the FAQ page, but we both know I've been advising people to do it for years and I personally just did our one two weeks ago. So let's just make sure that people know. Like, And I think one of the things I always say is, you know, you just need to be a little bit less shit than your competitors. That's one thing yep. that's important. But the yep. second thing is if you're getting leads and regular stuff and everything's going really well, it's okay if there's stuff that you're missing. This is just about if stuff isn't at the level you're at, this is the stuff you can add in to improve your sales or to improve your conversions. That's right. Um, which is really important, right? So it's okay that you didn't have the... I'm, I'm totally enabling you. <laughs> but FAQs are great too, right? Like FAQs oh, is another yeah. place that you can have things like... Um, one of the ones I look at often, especially because I like shopping from overseas places, is things like... So if I'm buying from an Australian company, I want to see that they ship to New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, or returns policies for mm. overseas orders. Um, yeah. So all those sort of things, having those on the FAQ page means that people are, it's kind of buyer beware as well, that they are responsible for reading that information. Yeah. Um, but also it means that you are eliminating objections as you walk through. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the thing. It's uh, And it's what we talked about is like that usability, I suppose, is that just to make it, like like I said, Honestly, I do have that info, but it's in a terms and conditions page. It's no one's going to want to read it. They tick a little box to say they have, I'm sure. Let's be honest. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, it is about pulling that info out so that if there is that customer that says, oh, um, I had one yesterday who emailed me and said, do you send to a PO box? Well, yeah, I do. It's not even an issue. Mm. And that's something I need to have on that page. It's a good thing to have because some people might not even, might be going, oh, they wouldn't send something to a PO box, so I'm not even yeah. going to buy something. Yeah, absolutely. So it is all about just removing those things. Um, now, we did talk um, briefly about, we ha- we obviously both have a bias around particular website platforms. Yeah. We both, um, we've, and we have probably the same biases. And I've softened my stance on this. I used to be like, it's Woo or it's Big Commerce or it's Shopify. And those are my three, same with you, those are my big ones that I would say good. And, and that's partly because both of us, we love marketing automation and we know that those three integrate really well with that. Yeah. But regardless of that, our big thing is if you're a small business with an e-commerce business, we really say don't do the custom build, right? Right. Oh, you know what? Absolutely. And I like to pride myself that I'll get into things and um, sometimes completely muck things up by playing in amongst a bit of code and adding I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, planned, I made all of my products out of stock the other night and it took me <laughs> about 12.30 at night to get them oh, all. I love it. Stock. But, you know, the thing is, uh, even with my limited knowledge of coding and that kind of stuff, um, and I would never say I know it all, I still would do absolutely everything in my power to keep everything as what we term out of the box because mm. custom, you know, then you're, you're restricted to who can fix a mistake like that. You know, if if my stuff wasn't all out of the box, I couldn't have gone and put everything back in stock. I would have had to have paid someone to go and do it for me. And you must have full admin access to your account. Like you shouldn't be letting anyone, even if you don't, not technical, you must always have full admin access to your account so you can do those sort of things, which is so important. Um, Can I I add to that? Have a trusted backup full admin as well. Very important. That's the same with Facebook business pages. Um, Let's just say that now too. You should always have a secondary admin. If you don't know anyone, rope a friend in or someone just to be a business admin because if you're the only one and you somehow lose access, you are stuck. So two admins, that is essential, 100% agree. Now, with those platforms, and we talked a little bit about integration, and people will hear the word integration and go, oh, la, la, that sounds a little bit <laughs> We're just talking about ways to make it talk to things, aren't we? So yeah. like, we want it to be able to talk to Facebook so you can do catalog ads and things yeah. like that if you want to later on. Without having to have a huge amount of experience on on websites, you know, it's literally, you know, on Shopify, it's just add a little app and it takes care of it and it takes you five seconds to do it. WooCommerce, it's add a plugin and, you know, again, it just does it all for you. That's what we're talking about when just letting them get easy, you having to do it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and there are platforms out there that are cheap and people yeah. often want to have the cheap one. Um, they're like, I'm stressed about this, the expense of, of the WooCommerce or the, um, you know, building initial one or that it's not ongoing or with Shopify, that ongoing cost. And they want, I want cheap. But what happens is cheap often costs you a lot more time mm-hmm. And a lot more developer costs when you need to get extra people to help you. If you're spending $150, $200, $300 at a time to get someone to help you, if you took that over a year, it would be more than the amount of money you'd be paying for those other out-of-the-box solutions. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I think my first ever e-com website, which I, I had built holy moly, this is going back, this is probably about 20 years ago and it was back before the days of Shopify and all that. So you had no choice but to get someone to build it. And I remember even at the time to even put, because there was nothing out of the box, to even put a credit card facility on there was going to cost me minimum $5,000. It is so accessible now, which is great, but it also means that a lot of us do it without thinking about all the other stuff that we've got to do, right, which makes it right. So it will still cost you that much if you got a custom build done. Oh yeah, it would. Would you go and get all the plugins and use the out of the box solutions? Yeah, I think that that's so important. It does mean too small businesses are evolving and changing. So if you want to change your uh, about us page or change bits and pieces or the layout a little bit, it's much easier to do that. The benefit is it's much easier. The negative is you could sit there tinkering for days and just get it changing all the time and no one knows what you're doing. So there is definitely a middle ground in there somewhere. Um, Now, we've talked about the platform. Now, I know that you, and we talked about those sign-up forms, but we didn't go back and talk about why that's so important. Why is it so important to have like a sign-up? And should you have a pop-up or should, you know, what are you doing? Okay, so I have a pop-up. And everyone hates pop-ups, right? Well, they say they do, but you know what? What happens? 80% 80% of my database has come from that pop-up. Yeah, that's 80% right. 80% of that database. And my database in in probably, I don't know, under a year, um, this particular one I have built up to over 2,000 people. That's amazing. Do you know yeah. I've just made a note here? <laughs> Add pop-up to identify marketing site. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> because the thing is so much of this isn't just for e-commerce, is it? That no, no, absolutely not. And you know, the, the what the pop up is going to do is going to look different for every business. You mm-hmm. know, um, we I've worked you know with so many different clients, and when we're talking about email marketing and that kind of thing, we're talking about those sign up forms. You know, we do have them looking very, very different, and it just is it's what their outcomes are about. But the other thing is that doesn't mean you, that's all you need. So. No. I was watching what was happening through PageSense, which is like Hotjar, like we, we use that kind of thing to see what people are doing. But I was still noticing that 80% of people were still shutting that, well, I think it was about 76%, were still closing that pop-up. So I thought, well, and the reason was they were probably cold audience, they'd never mm. heard of me and they're not trusting it to give me their email. So then I'm like, well, I still need to get those people and so I added that sign-up form to every single, there is not a page I can find so far on my website that doesn't have the footer sign-up. And the rest of my sign-ups come from there. That's amazing. That's awesome. Now, you mentioned a word before, Hotjar. Yes. So I love, I, I love Hotjar. We do because we both use Zoho. We use PageSense yeah. um, and it's very much the same. If anyone's come to one of our MapIt events that we run, um, they'll see us do a live test of it. We get everyone mm-hmm. on and then I show them how creepy it can be. Um, <laughs> it's good for markers. It just feels a bit creepy. Now, I'm going to explain what it does and then you can kind of say why you're seeing it. So um, from my understanding, Hotjar and PageSense, what they do is anyone comes on the website, they screen record your behaviours. Mm-hmm. And I always need to say to everyone when they're listening to this and they freak out, we don't see you in your pyjamas. You know, we don't see you. We just see no. your actions and we don't know who you are. No. Unless you're in our database and you've come back again and we have your details, we don't know it's you. No. Um, and we promise, I promise you, I'm not looking and checking and going, oh, look, Tracy's on our website again. <laughs> that's a bit freaky, right? That's so we don't do gross. that. It's yeah. <laughs> um, just, you know, FY pro tip, don't, like if you see someone in your CRM coming back to your website, don't say hello to them and say their <laughs> name because no. they're just going to leave and never come back. <laughs> 
what are you learning from Hotjar? Like, why do we put it on? Like, it is free. We've got one e-commerce retail client who's got so much traffic, they pay around $80 US a month for mm-hmm. it. But the vast majority of our e-commerce and our business clients wouldn't have to pay for it because they just don't get that enough traffic to go on their website. But mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you think of the benefits of using Hotjar? It's hotjar.com, and I'll make sure we put it in the show notes. Yep. Yeah, so what I like to watch on there is um, I I take note of the bounce rate on my website. So Google Analytics give you that really quickly and easily. So then I say, okay, then... Well, can you just explain the bounce rate for me? Because I know lots of people need to know what that means. Yep, so the bounce rate is basically someone comes on your website, has a quick look, and then closes it down. They're not, they're done. They're, you know, one page wonders, off they go. Um, So... What you want to do is you want to have the lowest bounce rate possible, which means you need to give them every opportunity possible to keep navigating throughout your website because every new page that they visit is creating more trust with you, whether you know you're a builder or whether you're an accountant or a lawyer or you've got a small homemade craft business, whatever you've got um, with your website. So the thing that I watch for also is what they're clicking on so it might mean that you change the order of your menu because the men, the the maybe if you're e-commerce or if you're service, the service or the product you really want to push, they're not clicking on enough, so change the order. Um, I was noticing that only like something like um, I think it was 80, 84 or something percent of people never went past what I called the fo- first fold. So the first fold is that first mm. pay- part of the page that comes up. That means that it's when you scroll down, eh? you have to scroll down after you open it up on a desktop. That's that yeah. first fold. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I was like, I was gutted. I'm like, but this is amazing. I've got this. And what I had was I had too much going on in that first fold trying to jam it in. So I have completely pulled it back and simplified it. And now I'm slowly seeing that rate come down as people start scrolling and see more. So yeah, it's a, it's an incredible tool. I am um, with Hotjar. One of the things that I found was amazing was I was running an, a Mapit event in, um, in a small town in New Zealand and I was demonstrating it and going through and showing, look, you know, when people, get to the top of our page you know besides the bounce rate we get like 87 percent of people actually wait to get the page loaded and so there they are and then I scrolled down and right down the bottom which is where my my sign up was or my get in get in contact was it was like 17 percent and someone said to me why don't you just put your call to action down the bottom up the top you know because obviously I'm such a great marketer I'd thought about this myself I was like (laughs) Damn it, that's a good idea. And so I changed it during the session. And within 24 hours, our inquiry rates doubled. Yeah, absolutely. Because it was just putting it in a different place. Yeah. That's what that does, doesn't it? Is you're going and saying, look, one of the things I said to a client yesterday was, what are the products that you have that have the biggest profit margins? Mm. And they, they said, oh, this, this, and this. I said, great. Are they on the front page? Yeah. And they said, oh, I hadn't really thought about it that way. I just put stuff that I like on there. But I was like, no, we put the stuff with the biggest profit margins because what people see is what they buy. So put the stuff that you're going to make the most money with or it could be the stuff you want to get rid of. So you might put the sales section there. (laughs) But that goes back to those, um, I suppose, those initial ways that we looked at retail and bricks and mortar, you know, and that's the world I grew up in. And um, if it was rainy outside, we moved our umbrellas and our raincoats. I worked for a large menswear chain. We moved them to the front of the store. And if it was really, really sunny and hot, and even, you know, even if that stock was on sale because it's, you know, autumn or something and we get this crazy hot day, we moved all of that stuff to the front of the store because on that day, that's what people want to see. And that's your, your website is absolutely no different. And that's a really important thing. It's not a set and forget, is it? This is no an organism that we need to be changing and moving. And I think that's one of the things that shock people the most. They yeah. kind of been schooled that we set up the website, build it, and they will come. And it's not yeah. the truth at all. No, it's con- have to do so much work. Oh my goodness, yes, absolutely. I mean, luckily, you know, when it's your own business all the time, you you can. I, I don't know about other people, but I go down the rabbit hole of going too far. And normally, like, I'll get a nudge, you know, hey, it's midnight, you need to get off the laptop now and leave your website alone. But I'm like that with this podcast, believe me, I'm starting to get the what? You're up at four o'clock again to do some planning? What are you talking about? I'm like. Shh. <laughs> 
<laughs> but the other cool thing about Hotjar, it's not just that side of it. It's not just the services and the sales side of it. So what I also saw was my Instagram, um, the little added thing that you could see my Instagram at the bottom of my website page was slowing it down. Uh, but what I was also seeing is that no one was seeing it. So Google would have been, um, that, that algorithm would have been working against me because it was taking too long, that one kind of thing. And I actually, here's another little tool I'm going to mention, GT Metrics actually pointed that out to me. What's GT Metrics? You put your URL in and it will tell you issues that you have with your website. Ah, oh, that's also, is it like a Google thing? Um, it's just like a like a thing, a platform, I suppose. And a lot of like web designers and those kinds of guys use it and that because it is it is quite techie. I will add Okay, that. so let's just clarify. This is for anyone that loves that techie side. Yes. Because one of the differences between Tracy and I is that I love content. I am like when we go on the marketing spectrum, I'm on the content that beautiful, creative, mm-hmm. amazing side there. And Tracy's, oh, I'm going to use the words beautiful and amazing for her as well because I'm not <laughs> trying to, you know, Tracy's totally on the geeky, analytical, beautiful, amazing side there. Like marketing is a spectrum. Yeah. You know, like it is, and, and often you're not, you are more one than the other. So like some of you are going, wow, she asked a question like what GT? I am not a technical marketer. I struggle with this stuff a lot. I'm really good at content. I'm great at doing this stuff like podcasts and blogs and stuff. When it comes to technical stuff, I have trouble. So yeah. I would have I would outsource this stuff if I was yes. the business owner. Tracy, however, would potentially outsource some of the creative stuff for her business or yeah. the ads and things like that because that's not how her brain works and she would but she loves the analytical side. Is that right, Tracy? Yeah, yeah. So I love that creative side, but I know I can only go so far with it. And I'm like, I know um, I've been really proud of something, for example, and you've shown me something Susie's created and I've gone, Oh my goodness! Like, haven't I said to you before? I need to get Susie to do some of my yeah. So Susie's she, my daughter. She works with us, and she is a total whiz at Canva. She oh, she's she amazing. It's <laughs> amazing stuff. She does all the workbooks and stuff that we use, and she's just great at it. And you know, she's yeah. also like twenty, so she can do it like in three seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, cool! Finally, I'm going to get her to listen to a podcast. I'm going to say you're mentioned in this one. You got to listen to this one. <laughs> Children don't care about my podcast. They're like, oh, yeah, right. Another crazy thing my mother's doing. This and TikTok, final straw. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so we've got this, we've talked about quite a lot of stuff. We talked about the About Us page. We talked about pop-up forms and user experience and sign-up forms. We've talked a little bit about the platform. Um, and we, we haven't mentioned um, Google Analytics because we'll, we'll talk about that last thing. And then what we'll do is we'll go into something around the product descriptions because I really want to talk about that because it yeah. fits in with SEO. So, yes. um, which is search engine optimization, guys. I'm really big at trying not to get too technical and stuff. But let's just have a brief little chat about Google Analytics because it's free, isn't it? It is absolutely free. You literally just need to stick the little bit of code and they walk you through the steps on how to get it onto your website. And you know what? Even if you don't, hand it off to your website developer and let them do it. It's a, it's literally a two-minute job for them. Yeah, and if you don't have a website developer, this is where it's great to cultivate a relationship with someone in a Facebook group or something and says, then say, I'm not a technical person. I just need someone I can call in to do those jobs yeah. and just get that relationship going. Because yeah. those little bits can feel like, and make a list of them. Like if you've gone, well, there's a lot of stuff we've talked about today I don't understand Go through and make a list and then do a call out and find someone to fix those yeah. things because yeah. I think that's the thing I've learned too. Um, I have I spent ages um, trying to create a Zoho form about three or four weeks ago and I was getting very frustrated. I literally spent pretty much a whole Sunday um, <laughs> trying to do it. I was trying to integrate it, which is not my thing. I can do the colors and stuff, but not the integration. And then Rod, my husband, um, which Tracy also knows, but I'm telling you guys listening, um, he is the Zoho king. Like he knows it all around the around Zoho. And he comes in and he's like fixing it in two minutes. Yes. I'm like, I hate you, but I love you. Um, and I think that's that thing is sometimes we can get stuck in doing stuff that isn't, when we're, when we're just trying to do it for our own business, it's so easy to get stuck in the stuff that's not our skill set. Well, we say that in our strategies, though, to people, you know, you don't have to be everything. You don't have no. to know everything. 
but just do what you do really, really well and then find someone else who does it. And the other thing is like I read a Richard Branson book because I love reading all those, you know, how they got where they are kind of books. And he says it, you know, he acknowledged in the very beginning, he knew nothing when he started Virgin Airlines about airlines but he he hired the best people that he knew but he knew a lot about marketing and he knew a lot about running a business small business owners are no different they're no different at all it's so true it is so true and we we it is cheaper people go i don't you know it's going to cost me money but it's that time factor if you're spending Mm -hmm. a day doing something that someone else will take half an hour to do just get someone else to do it absolutely Um, so just so we've talked about those things now i wanted i want to talk because it's content (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I want to talk about captions. I have recently worked with three retailers who have had me look at them with a look of, oh, really, when I've gone to their website because they're saying to me, I don't understand it. I've got all my products on. They've got beautifully, technically brilliant websites. They're very smooth. But then you click on the image and one for a start off and the image isn't clear. Like it's it's a poor image and images are so important because our eyes are feed. We're wanting to create that need center, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yep. And sometimes what can happen, and I hate to say go down that techie road again, but sometimes when you're uploading images to your websites, there's little ways to get your website to run faster, but it can damage that the look of those images. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be careful of that as well. But, you know, it's like it's like when you go out for dinner, people say you eat with your eyes. Well, it's no different on a website. Yeah, and I think that people want to see, like I often say, if you've got clothing, if you've got one static image of a product, I want to see what it looks like from two sides. Or if you've, like I often say, you know, why have you got a picture of someone sitting down on that top and it's got a jacket over it and things like that? That's a cool contextual picture, but I want to see what it looks like just straight on, side on, back and see what how it flows. I want to see, um, I want to kind of get an idea of what it would look like on different bodies potentially if you've got a size diverse range. Uh, and there are businesses like Little Party Dress that does it really well. They'll often show different mm-hmm. ones or Mog Cloth. They'll show different sizes. So but images are really important. And then it comes down to captions. And here's a really important thing. If you're listening today and you're buying products from a wholesaler who supply you with descriptions, do not use their descriptions. Yeah. I know it's tempting. Um, even if they're good descriptions, do not use them. And why would that be, Tracy? Because then it becomes duplicate content and Google hates duplicate content. And if they were up there first or a, or another competitor selling the same products mm. is up there first, then they have more authority over you and it just makes your SEO work that you're putting in in the other areas like so much harder to get anywhere. So SEO stands for search engine optimization, or I often call it Google optimization, but it's just trying to find uh, ways for people to find your your products or goods or your services or your business. Um, So you want to make sure that those words in there are words that people want to see and read when they're searching. So maybe like this morning, I think I, because it was cold, I think I wrote, did a search, Google search for chunky, um, chunky, warm um, knit ripped mm-hmm. cardigan so it's like yep. all of those lines and then all these things come up and then I'm like crap I, I'm only getting size 10s I need to go plus size chunky you know so you're defining it so you can have those keywords in your behind the your photos and all those sort of things but you need to have those words in your description as well if you know that those are words that people yeah. are going to want but the words also have to evoke a feeling and I think one of the businesses that do, does us the best is e-commerce is definitely modcloth.com if you want to see what I'm talking about go and read some of their product descriptions one of the things they do is they rename all their products so if they're yep. buying from a particular brand the brand is still there they're not getting rid of the brand so they might have like Princess Highway or something like that but they rename the product so that they own that product name no one else can have that product name and then they describe it and they talk about what size it fits and things like that or the colors and the jewel colors and all those different things because I'm not in your store I can't smell it I can't pick it up I can't feel how soft or rough or whatever it is to touch but if you tell me that in the caption then I'm going to fall in love with that product 
Absolutely. And, and you know, if you are getting, say, you have quite a generic product or a generic service and that kind of thing, and and if you are getting, say, products from a man, manufacturer, take what they're giving you in that content and just summarise it. Like we all learnt at school how to, you know, write an essay and summarise things and change it. So, you know, you'd get 30 different versions of the same essay in class. Do that with your product description. So use that as a starting base. And like you said, add those keywords that people will be searching for in there. And the other thing that Google is huge on is um, conversational tone. So you will see more and more at the moment that if you do a search, you'll get that result that has that highlighted yellow kind of where you've asked a question and like I'm right into like um, the tutors and all that royally kind of stuff. And so I was searching something about um, trying to understand last night how it all Mm, I don't know. It's complicated. Their structure was very complicated. (laughs) But my result, when I when I put in that search, the result came up with a short paragraph that was all highlighted. And the reason was that that paragraph answered my question. And the keywords were there throughout the paragraph, but it wasn't as as phrase specific as it used to be so if you keep that conversational tone in those descriptions you're going to have a much better chance with google as well yeah so i think like we've talked about such a broad range of things but i'm just going to go through and recap a few things so we talked about having a really good personable about us page so starting that personable thing right from the beginning is important can I add to there as well, making sure that on that page you've got lots of links to other pages so people don't bounce off at that point. Really good. In fact, you should have options to go from page to page yeah. within the pages, right? Yeah, absolutely. We talked a little bit about that. We talked about having chat and Google Analytics and all those kind of techie things, and I've written down a few things for the show notes like Hotjar and GT Metrics and stuff that I'll make sure that people have got access to if they want to have a look at those things. And we mm-hmm. talked about the importance of a pop-up and, and even though they you know people complain about them they definitely work like if you ask in a Facebook group they do you know do people like pop-ups they're like no and everyone's like but it works so there's this weird thing here you know and I I struggle with this as a marketer because I always want to have good user experience but there's this line between good user experience and what works and this is the thing they work for the people who want to hear from you and they're the people that you want to sign up. There's such a good point. There's such a good point. I love that. We talked a little bit about Google Analytics and having that sign-up form as well down the bottom so you've got those opportunities to do that. Um, We haven't talked a lot about, um, did we mention Afterpay? I can't remember if we mentioned Afterpay. No, so we'll just talk a little bit. So one of the things that I do think stop people as well is um, that we talked a little bit about user experience, but that difficulty in walking through the journey of buying and then it's really Mm -hmm. difficult. Like one of the things I did last year as a a dear friend of mine has, and she's an artist and she had these beautiful prints and I wanted to buy four of them, uh, which was, you know, quite a big thing for me to do. And I got really frustrated with her site because I'd add to cart, but there was no cart for me to click. So yeah. like, and then I would get lost and I would get back to the page. But when I wanted to pay, the, there was no cart anywhere because she had messed a setting up somewhere. And, mm-hmm. and so I got frustrated and left. And I do leave sites where I can't complete the purchase. It's got to be really simple. Yeah. And I, luckily for her, like she was a good friend. So I said, look, I didn't buy. And she went, oops, I'll go fix it. But most of the time I'm just going to be like, oh, stuff that. I'll go find something else, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that ease is so important, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, websites are so complex these days and you don't always know what's going on with them. If, you know, something's conflicting or something's happened. Um, I, through my marketing automation, have a survey that I ask people after they've made a purchase to ask them. And one of the questions is what is the, you know, how easy did you find it to get what you needed on my website? Mm. And I've had someone say it was super easy. Someone else say it was a bit difficult. And then I had someone comment and say, um, yes, all of that was easy because I give them about 10 days before I send this out. And they said, but I never got a confirmation email. And I was like, what's happened here? Now, this was a tech thing. It was above my head. I went back to my web host and they sorted it all out for me. Um, But... I would never have known that that wasn't happening. Now, that creates that negative, oh, you know, she she was like, oh, but luckily the product arrived really fast, so obviously I knew you'd got the order. But what if it was yeah. a product that had a slow delivery and they never got that confirmation? 
you know. And I do think a lot of people don't ask their customers just in case they have some bad stuff. No one wants to have bad press, but it all helps us make things better, right? That's right. (laughs) I ask it at the end of every webinar. I always have a form like that. What's one thing I could improve? And I'm always like, please don't, please say nothing. Please say nothing. But, you know, like we, we started a relationship because you gave me some really true, honest feedback about what we were doing yeah. with you years ago, right? So that, you know, that does help. You need to listen to feedback and it makes you better. Well, the thing was in that, in that situation, I would never have volunteered that information. You came to me and asked mm. me and then I said, actually, this was my experience yeah. and look how much has come from that, you know. Oh, it's been amazing. Well, no, yeah. you know, you're part of the team. Um, <laughs> So, we, so when I was talking about that user experience and making it easy, we, you know, Afterpay, LayBuy, OmniPay, all those different ones, I, OmniPay, OxyPay, I have, I'm a Generation Xer, so I'm old, I'm, you know, 50 this year, and I grew up with LayBuy, real LayBuy, where you go into the shop and pay $20 a week until you can have your stuff, probably $5 a week back then, um, and I have a real thing of you just buy what you can afford. Like I don't like using my credit card or those sort of things. So I have a philosophical philosophical issue with lay by and afterpay. And I know a lot of my my clients and your clients, our clients, mm-hmm. struggle with this, this yeah. whole idea of are we encouraging it? But I still say now we need to have it. And, and would you agree? Yeah. Do you feel that too? Absolutely. And you why? know, it's not... Well, the thing is, I mean, even with my e-com business, most of them don't want to use it. And I am denied and I was the same as you. I'm like, why do I even need it? Like, I don't have it. And I put it on and I've made sales through it at the, at the end of the day. And you know what? My job isn't to second guess someone else's yeah. choice in life. My job is to offer a service or a product and, and sell it. So if that's how they choose to purchase it, it's actually got nothing to do with me. I love that. I love that you've said my job is not to decide how they're going to buy from me in that yeah, regard. Because right. I think that's true. Like our job is not to manage somebody else's finances. It's not like we're encouraging them to buy, to waste all their money on some sort of weird pyramid scheme or anything, is it? We're just yeah. saying, here's our product. If you want to buy it with Afterpay or buy, you can. That's it. And, yeah. and you know, it's, it's uh, I suppose, that kind of thing of if, if our job is to offer a service or offer a product then why are we putting hurdles in our way to stop people from buying it? Yeah, it is kind of crazy. Now, I think this has been so useful and I've got lots of notes I'm going to share um, with people through this in the show notes as well, which would be great. But Tracy, it's a bit weird today because normally this is where I say, now if they'd like to work with you and your business and promote your business, what would they do? But I would like you to talk a bit about, you know, for you, if, if people are listening to this today, e-commerce businesses in particular, I mean any business, but particularly e-commerce businesses who know they need help with their marketing and you would like to work with them, what would you say to them? Like, what are you, what would you like to do? What would you like to work with? What sort of businesses? I or identify. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Us. I'm being a little bit weird here, but anyway. <laughs> I suppose I love helping um, e-commerce businesses and I really love the trades industries as well because I think that sometimes people think that they're worlds apart and at the end of the day, it's not. It's about taking an initial concept and tweaking it for your individual business mm. and and a cool overflow of that is one of our clients actually, one of my first strategies I ever did um, with Identify, he told me about this cool thing and I hope he doesn't mind me like sharing it with everyone, but it's called, he called it Donut December and he's a trade business and he had this thing and it happened, he said he did it like 10 years ago. Anyone who booked a job with him in December um, and he was more B2B kind of mm. stuff for other tradies he worked for, he took the donuts for morning tea. That's pretty and cool. Yeah, and he said 10 years later people still talk about it. My thing was, why aren't you still doing it then? Yeah, I know. Me too. I'll be thinking that too. <laughs> I've taken that then and I've thought a lot about it and I'm trialling that with my e-commerce. I see business. that. You're offering a morning tea. Yes. So any groups that people people can non, non, nominate their group um, that, you know, is quite closely related to um, my e-commerce business and say, yes, we meet up on these days and we would love a morning tea. And there's there's a that's where that kind of cross-pollination can happen mm. with marketing getting ideas. ideas. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what I love. I love getting in that deep side of things and talking to an e-commerce business or a trades business or, you know, those kinds of things and say, hey, I know mm. how we can do something, but it's not, 
you don't stick just because this is what my industry always does. No, no, no. Think outside the box. Exactly. Now <laughs> we have our identify marketing um, websites on our um, on our show notes, but um, because you're based in Australia, we we have a weird thing where we work with Australians, New Zealanders, and we cross over. Even though we've got the two websites, but if you've got Australian in particular people who want to get in touch with you um, from here, because they can get in touch with you through our New Zealand site as well, what's the best way of doing that for them? Um, the best way is that they can email me direct at tracy.smith at identifymarketing.com.au or they can jump onto our identifymarketing.com.au website and just send us, uh, flick us an email and flick us a message and we'll be in contact. So Awesome. And for, and for those, of, um, yeah, you're going to say something, yeah? Yes. Or join our Facebook um, Muppet group because yes. honestly we are both in there all the time and answering questions and talking and we have the most amazing community of business owners in and also on Tuesdays you always do really awesome stuff often for e-commerce businesses with a little video with some tricks don't you which I love um, yep. the other thing is um, for anyone that's still listening who's going oh my gosh they're rabbiting on about identify marketing way too much right now um, but if, if anyone that's still listening and, and interested in being involved we have regular free webinars and events yep. um, I've, you know that come called the Becoming Confident series we both run live events um, mine are through New Zealand at the moment Tracy's are just in the Aubrey Wood space but you know they're there um, and so you can come along to those and learn from us as well if you're based in New Zealand Australia or you can come to our webinars yesterday we ran one and we had people from Singapore and Canada and America there and it was amazing so um, so that is always an option so you can do that as well so Tracy thank you so much for all your amazing knowledge and working through this I've got a plethora of things I'm going to make sure we mention. I know for those people that are listening today, we've bounced around a lot of ideas, but it's about you, there is so much. There is so much. And in the coming uh, episodes, we're going to go a bit deeper into some of these things and just take them a little bit more linear and take them bit by bit. But these are, it just shows you, you know, when you're not getting those sales, there is just so many areas that you can look at improving to yeah. get those changes. And it's just one thing a day, you know, I had a meeting with someone yesterday and she was feeling overwhelmed about how many things that she had to do from, you know, that she, she knows she's got to do. And I just said to her, one small task a day. And at the end of two weeks, when we go and talk again, um, as one of my coaching clients, you know, I'm going to say, you're going to look back and say, hey, Tracy, I've actually done all of these things over the last two weeks. So just think one thing a day. Absolutely awesome. Thank you so much, Tracy, for coming and being part of this today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> wow. I just spent uh, most of the afternoon writing down all the notes from this podcast. And wow, we managed to fit in a lot of information in that last hour. I hope you're all breathing um, after all that information coming into your brain. I want to share with you just a little bit about why having that website is so important as part of your marketing map. But first, let me just quickly tell you who's coming on our podcast next week. Casey Hill is from Bonjoro and he's going to be talking to us about how to use personalized video to improve trust, to build relationships and increase conversions. And trust me, I've been using Bonjoro for about three years and boy, does it work. In fact, after I recorded that podcast with Casey, I immediately upped my use for it and I've been sending Bonjouros all over the place. So do come and listen to it. Even if you don't want to use Bonjuro, the lessons in there are amazing. Now, let's get back to that website. So in a marketing map, when I talked about this in episode one and two, I always put the website right in the middle of that marketing map because this is your opportunity to allow people who've built trust with you and that you've done promotion to and they've built that relationship with you to come to a point where they then can decide do they want to go deeper into that relationship with you? So your website needs to reflect your values. It needs to clearly state who you are and it needs to be easy for people to get in contact with you or buy from you. So that's why this is so important. Take the stuff in the show notes and everything that you've heard today and apply it to your business. Thanks for tuning in today to Map It Marketing with me, Rachel Claver. Make sure you hit subscribe in your podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And if you want notes or information about today's podcast, go to rachelclaver.com slash podcast for more information.